Little honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of our Appalachian region who produce, prepare, and preserve our foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. Our theme song was sung and arranged by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine in Madisonville, Tennessee, and we are so proud of this young 14-year-old Tennessee talent. Today, we are setting the table with the striped stick bean, a bean that comes from the last residence of Cades Cove, Kermit and Lois Colrin. We visit today with John and Rachel Davis, owners of JNR Farm in Blount County, Tennessee, and they are both descendants of the original residents of Cades Cove and whose family have raised and saved this heirloom bean for generations. For his Potluck Radio series, Fred Sossman recalls Tennessee food memories of the Franklin Club and Raymond Bautista, an immigrant from the Philippines and former owner of the restaurant Raymond's Fine Foods. He also shares Raymond's recipe for coleslaw, and Raymond's Fine Foods was inducted to the Tennessee Restaurant Hall of Fame. I have a few events to share with you from nonprofit organizations in our area that are specifically food and farming related. If you're listening by radio, I've got a beautiful gospel song from the Forbes family. Thank you so much for your good company here today. I really appreciate you tuning in. Now let's get started. Today, we are going to the base of the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Blount County. We visit today with a young farming family, John and Rachel Davis, owners of J&R Farm in Maryville, Tennessee. And I'm real excited to have them as frequent contributors to the Tennessee Farm Table. They are both descendants of families who were residents of Cades Cove, which is now part of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Rachel and John Davis are carrying on the old-time food and farming ways of their ancestors from Cades Cove. And today we'll be visiting with Rachel and John, hear about their growing up, their kin, and one of the things we'll talk about today is the striped stick bean that came from John's great-grandfather, Kermit Colrin. Rachel keeps a blog with her stories, history and recipes and news of their family farm at jnrfarmstn.com. In this visit, you'll hear us refer to Kermit, and we're referring to Kermit Colrin, who is the fifth descendant generation from the pioneers of Cades Cove, John L. Oliver, and Robert and Margaret Shields. 
Kermit was born in the Cove in 1912 and passed away in 1999, and his house was the last privately inhabited residence in Cates Cove, and it was demolished in 2002. You'll also hear the name Lois referred to, and that is Kermit's widow. That is Lois Coran. She's living here still in Blount County, and Kermit and his wife Lois were residents of Cades Cove all of their lives, and that is now part of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Kermit had a few titles that he was known as to visitors of the park, and some of them include Mr. Cades Cove and the Bee Man. John and Rachel and their family still raise the bean that Kermit raised and keep the legacy of Kermit Corrin going through this heirloom bean. Let's visit now with John and Rachel and hear about them, their growing up, and their deep connections to farming and this land here in East Tennessee. And let's hear about the striped stick bean from Kermit Corrin. Yeah, so our families have always known each other, and then we were in kindergarten together, first grade together, and he gave me a little Valentine in first grade, and my mama kept it. It was in our, she blew it up, put it so in our it wedding. Our wedding. Yeah. But we didn't start dating until after high school, because yeah. he went to Seymour High School, I went to Heritage, and mm-hmm. yeah. so we just never, but I saw, I saw him out he, they lived on the road in a white house on Little joy road and i drove by one day because i had to drive by their house to get home he was out picking beans and i said hmm. <laughs> yeah. i said he might be the man for me <laughs> so anyways now um so how long have y'all been married seven years in august that's wonderful that's really good now you've got how many kids again three three now what 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 are their names again we've got Four-year-old John John, two-and-a-half-year-old Judah, and seven-month-old Jackson. Oh, they're adorable. Oh, thank you. <laughs> they're a mess. <laughs> now, you were telling me, um, I was reading that you grew up down the road from each other, right? Right. Kind of, is that right? About two miles away from each other. <laughs> okay. And uh, you were saying that, that John here grew up on a cattle farm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Grandpa John, he, uh, he died back in 2011. But... Uh, it was uh, his daddy's before him. It was a five-generation farm there. There's about 300 acres or so, something like that. Um, but it's got passed down now. It's to my dad and my uncle. My mama Ruth still live. Still living still there? Still living there. She lives out with her her mother, my grandma, uh, Kermit's wife, uh, Lois Cawhorn. So is Lois still with us? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. I'd love to visit with Lois sometime. Oh yeah, she she lives out on uh, on the uh, tiny level. Tiny level. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Tiny level church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Nice. When when, uh, when the park come in, Kermit bought land uh, out there off Tiny Level, oh. and uh, they've got acres out there. Kay, uh, Roy, uh, all of them still around have have land out there. Rachel, and then you grew up two miles away from John here, uh-huh. and y'all farm too, right? With well, ca- beef cattle? Or? Um, my, my grandpa, Abbott, and my great-granddaddy, Abbott, lived off West Miller's Cove, and they always farmed, and they had Herefords. So my daddy just had three or four, as I was growing up, cattle. But it was just, yeah, hobby, mm-hmm. hobby farming. 
I want to tell, um, John was whispering, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. we weren't a big operation <laughs> whatsoever, and my the, daddy's the not pets. really. That's what they raise. <laughs> yeah, he's not really <laughs> into, yeah. yeah, he's not dealing with livestock too awful much, but, and then, um, I talked him into getting some Highland cattle when I was 12 or 14, something like that, so we had them. Highland, Highlanders for a while. That's probably the first time I've come to your house. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my sister went up to uh, AI, those uh, Highlanders. <laughs> you know, the, the hairy the Scottish Highlanders with the long hair in their face and the horns. That's yeah. I, I'd always wanted those, so that's that's all the farming we did. But my, my great-grandparents owned that farm in West Miller's Cove, and that's kind of where we come from, so. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, and we're visiting today with John and Rachel Davis, a farming family in Blount County, Tennessee. Rachel keeps a blog with her stories, recipes, and news of their family farm life, and they are descendants of residents who lived in Cades Cove, which is now Great Smoky Mountains National Park. After a short break from our sponsor, Century Harvest Farm Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee, we'll hear about the striped stick bean, which was passed down through John's line of the family and preserved and attributed to Kermit Corrin. And Kermit and his wife Lois were the last inhabitants of Cade's Cove until their house was demolished in 2002. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table podcast is brought to you in part by Century Harvest Farms and Century Harvest Farms Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee. A sustainable farm in East Tennessee producing 100% grass-fed beef and other wholesome farm products. Also home to the community-serving, food-insecurity-fighting Century Harvest Farms Foundation. And also home to the Century Harvest Farm Farm Store, It's a farm store that sits right there on the farm, offering pasture-raised eggs, meats, preservative-free grass-fed charcuterie, preserves, pickles, and jams, along with cutting boards and knives made from Chef Christian of Century Harvest Farm. Details at centuryharvest.org. So let's hear about this striped stick bean right now. Well, y'all are such a cute couple, and and you've been farming for how long? He's been farming forever. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Since you're a little bitty? Yeah. Little kid? Yeah. Been farming for... I guess like you said, one of your earliest memories is of your great-grandpa um, working cattle with everybody. Yep. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was born into it. Grandpa always had uh, cattle uh, going, uh, growing up there. My uh, great-grandpa, John Sr., I'm the fourth. Uh, he died when I was two uh, down the Little River. He drowned. And he had cattle mm-hmm. before. So dad growed up in it. My uncle growed up in it. Grandpa, so it's always been been around mostly just beef cattle up there yeah but I started gardening when I was real young uh, I always like to grow a garden yeah and um, that come from Kermit because yeah. he was he was some gardener, gardener yeah. so that's yeah. where that comes yeah. from with him tell me about those beans you're growing of his 
uh, striped stick bean is what, uh, what Grandpa always. I've been I've grown them for several years, and you're not supposed to grow them uh, with with any other bean because they will uh, cross pollinate. Mm -hmm. And uh, so ever so often, I always have to go back to my Uncle Roy Roy Calhoun and uh, have to get some more fresh beans because I never fail to. Forget it. I won't forget about it. I said, well, mm -hmm. I'd like to this person over here who wants some white half runners. Well, I'll just grow some white half runners with them, and I'll save the seed. And and uh, so this year I've got to go back to Roy again and uh, get me some. Uh, and we're just going to grow the, the striped stick beans. But they've been in the family longer than I can remember. I'm 28, and uh, I guess he's always from what I you know I probably hear more than I remember myself. You know. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, What's that bean look like? Like, what's the physical characteristic of it? Like, when you pick it off the vine? Uh, it's a long bean, and uh, it's got a real good crisp uh, snap to it. Mm -hmm. And when you string those beans, you know, like a white half runner, when you go to string it, sometimes the, the string is fine in it, and you don't know if you get it all, and you'll still end up with some a little bit of string in there. Yes. And you'll first say, who, who strung the beans, you know. Uh, Rachel does all the time, but uh, the striped stick bean, when you string them, it's like, I mean, it's not a shoestring, but you know you got that string out, and uh, yeah. they snap up real good, and you can work up a bushel of them in no time. They're a bigger, rounder bean. The bean itself, when it dries, uh, will be kind of a light brown with stripes uh on on that bean mm. the the husk of the bean or the shell of the bean is just when you're when you're doing it to for, for green beans it's just a, mm -hmm. a green uh shell on it do you do you string them on strings like leather bridges to dry them uh, yeah well a lot of times i leave them on the vine uh -huh. and uh and you know when they they, they dry out i'll pick them then i'll put them on some uh, newspaper mm -hmm. and just set them in here in the winter time we all we have is wood heat and it, you know how wood heat mm. is, it just dries everything out mm -hmm. and then uh, uh, just shell them out and put them in the freezer and, uh, and, and keep them. Yum. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. And we have been visiting today with John and Rachel Davis of Blount County, Tennessee, owners of J&R Farm. And I'm real excited to have them as frequent contributors to the Tennessee Farm Table. They are both descendants of the original residents of Cades Cove, which is now part of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and this young farming family is intent on practicing, sharing, and preserving the old-time Appalachian ways that have been passed down through generations before them. Rachel keeps a blog about her stories and recipes, and she has all kinds of recipes she's always developing, and news about their farming at J&R Farms TN. Com. There's also an organization in Blount County, Tennessee called the Cades Cove Preservation Association. And in this building where all of these archives are housed, there are numerous photographs of Kermit and Lois Colrin on display with priceless pictures and artifacts of the people who made Cades Cove their home before they were displaced by the formation of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. 
And so I put links to John and Rachel and the Cades Cove Preservation Association on my website, along with all my guests and events that I mention here in the show. And that is TennesseeFarmTable.com under the link that says listen to the show. That is also where you can listen to the podcast at any time, download it, and be sure to let your friends from out of state know that they can listen to the show anytime right off my website. Up next, we hear from Fred Sossman. His Potluck Radio series today features Tennessee memories of the Franklin Club and of Raymond Bautista, former owner of the restaurant Raymond's Fine Foods, and I'll also share Raymond's recipe for coleslaw. And Raymond's Fine Foods was inducted into the Tennessee Restaurant Hall of Fame. The Franklin Club, operated by North American Rayon Corporation, hosted many stylish dinners, dances, and other first-class functions in Elizabethton, Tennessee, from the 1930s until the 1970s. In 1934, young Raymond Batista, a native of the Philippines, visited North American Rayon's New York City office and was hired to move to Elizabethton and be the club's chef. He had learned to cook in the Merchant Marines, where he also honed his skills as a flyweight boxer. The Franklin Club quickly became a go-to spot in Upper East Tennessee for a nice meal, and Raymond eventually took over ownership, changing the name to Raymond's Fine Foods. There were a few echoes of the Philippines at Raymond's place in Elizabethton, but his menu largely consisted of regional favorites, like coleslaw. Here's how he made it. You mix together the following ingredients. One small head of cabbage, grated. One small head of lettuce, cut up. One green pepper, grated. Two carrots, grated. Three tomatoes, diced. One cup of celery, diced one small onion, grated, and one cup of sugar. Then pour over that mixture a dressing consisting of one tablespoon of salt, one half teaspoon of black pepper, one half cup of vinegar, and one cup of mayonnaise. Raymond Batista died in 2006 at the age of 97, long after his restaurant closed, but people still talk about his coleslaw. For the Tennessee Farm Table, I'm Fred Saussman. This is Bill Claybo with Foothills Land Conservancy, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table on Tennessee's own WDVX. Here are several activities and events sponsored by area nonprofit groups that are farming, food, or agriculturally related. If you're in your car and you can't scribble this stuff down, I always have these links on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com, under the link that says Listen to the Show. There will be a catfish fry for the community today, June 15th, at St. Andrew's Episcopal Church, right in downtown Maryville, next to the fire hall, beginning at 12 noon. Everybody in the community is welcome, and there is a modest charge for the catfish dinner. 
The dinner includes coleslaw, hush puppies, and a dessert proceeds from this event, along with proceeds from the craft and bake sale that will be going on at the same time. We'll go to community partners of the church, Community Food Connection, Family Promise, and Good Neighbors of Blount County. And June is Dairy Month, and to commemorate this month on display at the Blount County Public Library is a collection of historic milk bottles, milk caps, and assorted pictures from former Blount County dairies that were once a thriving industry in Blount County. These items are on display in the case of the reference area of the library. And there will be a presentation by Knoxville's own seed saver, John Koykendall, entitled Seed Stories of Southern Appalachia. And that takes place at the Blount County Public Library, June 24th at 7.30 p.m. And also at the Blount County Public Library, there is also the Blount County Seed Library. It is open and serves as a resource to the community with many seeds donated by John Koykendall. There is no charge for the Blount County Seed Library. The East Tennessee Chapter of National Young Farmers Coalition is a networking and advocacy group for new and beginning farmers. This group hosts four to six events per year, such as potlucks, farm tours, and film screenings, and a great way to meet other local growers. There will be a solstice supper benefiting CAC Beardsley Community Farm on Thursday, June the 20th from 6 to 9 at the Mill and Mine in Knoxville, Tennessee, and those tickets are available online. Century Harvest Farms Foundation, located on the farm in Greenback, Tennessee, has created a Helping Hands volunteer program. Their mission is to end food insecurity in rural East Tennessee. Volunteers come out to the farm, join together as a community, and help give everyone access to healthy, fresh foods. And volunteer opportunities are available every weekend, Friday through Sunday, from 9 to 12 noon at the Farm and Teaching Center in Greenback, Tennessee. Easily sign up at volunteertn.org. And for large groups over five, visit centuryharvest.org. And again, on my website, I've listed all of these events with links and each of my guests at TennesseeFarmTable.com under that link that says listen to the show. Hi, this is Elaine Strano, Executive Director, Second Harvest Food Bank. Our website is SecondHarvestETN.org and you're listening to Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. Hope you can join us again right back here next Saturday at 9 a.m. on the radio dial at WDVX.com out in Knoxville or anytime on our podcast, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself and sung, arranged, and performed by Emmy Sunshine of East Tennessee. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That is spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We hope you'll reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and also our podcast on TennesseeFarmTable.com. And please tell your friends about us. Thank you.
we want to say thank you to WDVX Radio out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They are a true community-supported radio station that does not receive funding from universities or government agencies. The community and businesses support WDVX. Through an agreement with WDVX, they are our media partner, and the Tennessee Farm Table Show is broadcast on that station every Saturday at 9 a.m. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.